It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 518 for Monday, January 8th, 2018. I'm glad those were all eights. I was able to remember them all in one fell swoop. And I'm joined by Joe Duganzik of Smarter Home Life. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing great, Allison. It's so cool to finally do a podcast with you like in person. Yeah, Joe and I have gotten together quite a few times, but we actually met at CES in 2017, so this is actually apropos. I wanted to tell you guys where we are. We're sitting in a red leather... Time portal. <laughs> time portal. This odd little chair that we found inside of a rest, uh, a hotel that appears to be embedded inside the Mandalay Bay. It's a rest stop between hotels. <laughs> no, within hotel. <laughs> That's right. Within, no, within hotel. Yeah. So anyway, we are at CES, like I mentioned. And um, I wanted to have Joe on the show. Uh, we've had him on several times talking about home automation and his YouTube channel, Smarter Home Life. The reason I want to have him on the show this time, though, was to talk about how being a YouTuber actually has turned him in, given him a new career career path. And uh, so we wanted to kind of talk through the genesis of that and how this is evolving and what brought you to CES as a result. So where does this story start? Well, I'll make it more concise than starting at 25 years ago or so, but my, my former career was was in tech, so I'm not really leaving the tech world. I'm just kind of taking a different angle in it, uh, taking uh, moving on. So um, former web developer, former database management guy and, and IT guy, always wanting to break out, do more of um, kind of PR and marketing and, and keep things in a tech angle. So that, that ultimately launched Smarter Home Life in, along with my home automation uh, hobby, now turned career. And ultimately, uh, after making many videos and, and connecting with people like Allison and so forth, a company uh, last summer discovered me through the YouTube channel. Um, they were developing a, a new uh, smart home hub product and initially kind of wanted my opinion on it. And to make a long story short, they hired me as a consultant to, to help them understand the American market. And to Didn't market. it also partly start with your ability to do good grammar? I think so. And I, I don't want to say anything here that could be... Um, uh, conceived as that, uh, uh, well, let's just say that uh, when you don't know English as your native language or any language as your native language, going to try to speak another one or to write one isn't quite, uh, it's challenging, right? So that- I only speak one language. I will never mock someone for poor grammar in their second, third, fourth languages. That will never happen. <laughs> So uh, that was part of uh, some of the initial things that I was doing for them was was definitely helping them with the marketing and and to revise some of their strategies for the U.S. market. And now I work full time for them as their marketing and project manager. And uh, because uh, I was at CES last year, kind of covering it, being an attendee. And of course, this year. Why not become a first-time exhibitor at the biggest trade show in the world, you know? <laughs> just jump right in. Why not? Why take the slow route? Exactly. So we uh, we just literally, I think, within minutes, you know, our booth is kind of being finalized. Uh, we spent 13 hours yesterday and have a wonderful space uh, uh, over at the uh, Eureka Park at the Sands. If you're an attendee, CES is not open to the public. But if you're here, come visit us at 52526. Well, I don't know whether this will be up live in time for that. We'll see. Maybe maybe by tomorrow, though. That could happen. So I'm going to back up, though. Uh, we're, we're kind of jumping to the end of the story here. So they, they contacted you about their product, and you started taking a look at the way they were marketing themselves. And did you just start suggesting improvements, or did they ask you to help, or how did that happen? Well, and I, I was very respectful about it. They they said, you know, we have this product launch video. Uh, we have a website. We're about to launch a crowdfunding campaign. And I started to, as 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 I learned more about 
what resources they had and what they had done, I started making a strategy, um, and ultimately that also involved uh, hiring a, a wonderful PR agency uh, called uh, Tandem uh, Communications uh, to help us with, because if you don't know, PR and marketing are two separate animals. And yeah, I've always wondered about that. PR, marketing, and communications even is a third thing. But PR and marketing, what's the difference? Well, your public relations is your messaging. It is, it is what you put out there. It is having someone who has the... Uh, I don't want to say that anyone can write a press release, but getting that press release, getting that information out there to the press means having those contacts. Who do you email? Who do you call? And the right PR agency can can craft that message for you and help you throughout the um, the campaign. Like they had been helping us throughout the, the Indiegogo campaign, responding to how should we craft each update, how should we, um, and they're helping us, of course, with CES. But it really is about the message more than the glitzy, glamour, you know, beautiful website and graphic design and videos. So would you suggest that a lot of companies don't hire a PR agency? Because I get so many emails that for the life of me, I can't figure out what they're telling me about. Uh, you asked, should companies hire a PR agency? Do the, do the, I mean, do most of them not? Because, I mean, I would, I would say 8 out of 10 messages I get, and you get a lot of email. If you're lonely, sign up for CES e- emails because it's, it's, it's crazy. But so many of them I read, and it's first in the industry, uh, you know, foremost, make your life better. Yeah, but what are you selling? I don't know what you're making. I don't even know what it is yet. I, I would think that would be one of the first things you give somebody. Well, I think for, for some businesses, and especially startups, hiring a PR, hiring hiring anything or the out, the cash outlay of possibly thousands of dollars is something that you just think, oh, we can do that ourselves. We'll just we'll copy a press release and, and change the words. But making that investment is, I mean, number one, you're making an investment in your company, in your message, in your profile. And those people will help represent you. Like if you run into... Uh, an issue when you're when you're doing an interview and you can't answer the question you don't want to seem like you don't know you can say you'll need to contact uh, our uh, PR people for more information or let me redirect you to that they help you um, kind of play um, I, I just can't even think of the right word because my brain is fried with the CES they really hey the show hasn't started yet Joe you don't get to be fried yet <laughs> really actually we just had a nice lunch uh, so I, I'm taking a little bit of a breather right now uh, but the main thing is they really help you with your message. They help you with the press. They help you kind of, they'll intercept questions that you may not want to answer so that they can help you craft a message to challenging questions. So let's let's back up again, though. So you're, you're some guy who has this cool site that does great home automation stuff. They found you. They start sending you this information. You just spontaneously started telling them, well, you know what you could do. And then they thought those were great ideas and said, can we pay you to help us do that? That is basically it. This is one of these stories that didn't start on LinkedIn. It started on YouTube. And it's happened in slow motion. So for me, it's been like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I'm actually, I mean, because I'll I'll be honest. I mean, I I have a wonderful YouTube channel. I'm so thankful for the audience, for all the comments, negative and positive, because it's all all comments. It is YouTube. (laughs) It it is YouTube. That is right. And, uh, you know, going on soon to be four years. And it's been a great experience. um, And... uh, the the thing is that God, where, you may have to edit this. Where was I going with that? I don't edit anything, Joe. This is all real time. <laughs> I'll vamp for you here. 
But so you were saying it was going on in slow motion. This this has been changing. To me, it was rapid. It was one day you were a YouTuber, next day you were you were a full time employee. But there was progress in between. It, the beautiful thing now is paying my bills because many people <laughs> many people don't understand that unless you're kind of in the top uh, higher tiers of YouTube, you're not making a lot of money. And if you're trying to live on it, or you're trying, you, you do you wear a few different hats if you're a, a smart home YouTuber. So it's been wonderful now that uh, the company. Uh, Linky, L-Y-N-K-Y, uh, said, we would like to pay you for your advice and, and have you consult with uh, with us on product strategy and marketing and, and so forth. So it started as a consultation, but it, it began to grow after that. Now, one of the things you said you looked at was their, um, they had a, a, a video they'd created explaining the product, and you thought maybe it could be much better than it was. Well, I am a YouTuber, <laughs> so video is something that I've done since probably I could hold a camcorder many, many, many years ago. Uh, my videos were terrible back then, but anyways... I'll pay for when I see one of those. <laughs> we'll chat offline. Uh, so anyways, uh, that was one of the first things, because I said we could improve this, and uh, the English was, it was okay, but one of the things you always have to, and I think people tend to think this, especially here, let's just say in a native country, if... A company is trying to sell you a product or tell you about a product uh, in a certain country, and they're from somewhere else. And if you can tell somehow that maybe the, you know, some people are less forgiving than others. Let me. I, I think it's sure, you want it the way I can understand it. You're in my country now. Exactly right. And so to really make that message clear and to make it understandable and to feel like it's really, uh, yes, okay, Linky is based in Beijing, China. That's right. That's we we have many things. Uh, many companies are based there that, that sell to the U.S. and there's many many wonderful companies are based around the world. But anyways, um, the uh, the important thing is to have that message and to have an American speaking voice. So I worked and rewrote the uh, the entire script for the video. Took their existing video footage, recut it, hired uh, an American voice actor off of uh, Upwork. I found her on Upwork actually. Upwork.com. And what is what is Upwork? Upwork is a is a kind of a marketplace, you know, for freelancers, and so she's a uh, she she's a wonderful. I forget her name, Heather or something. I, anyways, um, a wonderful uh, person that works in you know in multiple areas or multiple sites. But I found her there and negotiated her price and gave her the script and had her do a couple of test reads. Then did she do the voice recording herself or did you record her? How did that work? Nope. Uh, I sent her the script and she recorded it. She has an entire professional studio because she's been doing this. This is her career. Uh, and it's a wonderful... So she's not some joker sitting in a red leather booth inside of a hotel lobby. Well, I mean, maybe she had really good background, like noise filtering. <laughs> but anyways, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful script. Recut the video. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times we didn't have an option. They had already created a video, so we didn't have an option to recreate a video. Oh, oh! I thought you recreated the video too. Okay, but so the voiceover had to go with. So you had to have timing and such. Timing. So I had to recut some of the. I recut the video to make it a little bit better and a little bit shorter and a little bit different pacing. So and I had to keep you know the pacing with what was being said because I changed some of the wording to make it a little bit more understandable and to keep the pacing going as well. So a little bit of a challenging project. Nothing that I couldn't handle of course and uh, that's it's different when you can't move all the parts when you've got some fixed parts and other things have to move around them to make it work it is true and normally i'm used to being everything in terms of writer editor producer cameraman lighting director and all now, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't use your own voice what did that occur to you and you thought no i'm not the right voice for this product 
I thought this was what I wanted to do. And in the early days, I really hadn't mentioned my involvement with them and what I wanted to do. And I think you've commented on this is that I really feel that I didn't want there to be any kind of conflict of interest. I didn't want there to be anything. I'm certainly not saying that I have a famous YouTube voice. I mean, yes, I have some wonderful fans and and the videos have been viewed a lot, but I wanted to remove myself from it. I did not want to become Linky, like the Linky guy. Voice of Linky in that way. It it can be a challenge for a company. um, If you think about various companies that perhaps have their CEO as uh, as their main uh, speaker just because he's so dynamic or or that their voice is that you can be forever tied to that and you can start making decisions saying well you're just really great we're going to have to keep using you over and over and over and over again and then how do you get away from that look at okay. what it's sort of like being typecast almost right. look at look at what happened with uh, with Aflac, which of course is my my text tone, uh, when uh, Gilbert Gottfried uh, was let go, and they had to find a new Aflac, and uh, so when you have something like I didn't want to become part of it, and I wanted to remove myself. And I do want to give a pitch in the middle of this. Of when Joe was first uh, looking into working with this company, he wrote on Facebook to his Facebook fans, uh, said, you know what do you think about me doing this this work? Because the conflict of interest is what I'm worried about because obviously he promotes a lot of uh, home automation products. What does he do about working for one of these? And what, what everybody appreciated, no matter what their opinion of whether you should do it or not, every single person said they really appreciated that you wanted to look at it from an ethics angle to start with. That you're, and, and that told them, whatever. so many people wrote, whatever you decide, Joe, you've done the right thing. And it was good to have that, that public introspection. That's kind of an oxymoron, but mm. in, it was. It was a public introspection. Here's what I'm thinking. You sort of spoke out loud and let people weigh in. And I certainly said, you know, as long as you, if you were to ever talk about them on Smarter Home Life, you darn well better say, I work for these people. Right. And if you put that disclosure in, you're okay. It might ruffle some feathers, but the thing is, you looked at it from an ethics standpoint. And I already enjoyed your company, but my respect for you went up a lot in that because that's something I I don't think everybody thinks about. And I thought that was, I'm making him blush now. (laughs) He's the color of the the red uh, leather thing we're in here. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but anyway, okay, so so now you've gotten them this video, and did they were they crazy wild about it? Did they like it a lot better? Did they just go, oh, okay, great? Actually, the, the latter. They they did say, okay, great, because uh, when you're when you're working with people who um, their native language is not your native language, sometimes the emotions do do not come through, and even working with them in person, sometimes the emotions do not come through. It's a and specifically, and I've learned a lot because I've done research. I've talked to some of my uh, Chinese friends. To, to, I said, tell me, educate me how how our cultures are truly different and the languages the origins of how Chinese and, and Asian languages are designed and how they discuss and how they um, problem solve is completely different oh really completely different even you know we do not have uh, we use the concept of tense you know I we just ate lunch right in Chinese uh, or an Asian language and I don't want to just make everything generic they would say I I eat lunch before or I eat lunch yesterday. There's always a modifier instead of like a tense of a verb. That's just one layer of it. And I certainly do not speak any Chinese except for ni hao, which is, I believe it's hello and how are you? Because um, I haven't had time enough with Duolingo. But anyways, um, I want to So learn- you're looking at the culture too, though, of... of- you know how you would act when you're in person with them, or how to how to have the conversation so that you're not offensive, or you get exactly right. 
I heard correctly. And, and, and what not to do at dinner, or maybe there isn't, a, you don't want to sit at the wrong seat or something. I've learned actually that it's more of a, that can be more of uh, important if you go to visit them. And I've been invited by the company to go visit Beijing in a few months. So I'll be doing some more reading on what to do with the customs when you go visit them. But uh, they've been very gracious uh, here uh, in, in Las Vegas. They're probably doing the same thing, saying, how do we talk to Joe that we don't offend him and we sit in the correct spot and you know bow correctly, whatever, shake hands. That's an interesting thing that they're having to learn right now, right? Quite possibly. Or eat American food, which I've been trying to introduce them to. We went through a drive. We went through a Del Taco drive-through last night. We went to Famous Dave's the other night. They're getting the all-American experience in the last 24 hours. Right. You took them to a, a fake Mexican restaurant and <laughs> and called it American. That's great. Well, that's what we are. We are the melting pot, right? We've we passed several Panda Express restaurants, and I, I, I said it's fake Chinese American food. Oh, you should totally take them to a fake Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I know. Be of Chang's, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so so now you've got you've done the voiceover work. Uh, you you've helped them get connected to the the PR agency. What are you doing now? We haven't actually talked about what Linky does. L Y N K Y. We'll spell it again so people can find it. Hyperlinks. That's the most advanced hyperlinks you've ever. No, seen. stop it, Joe. <laughs> we did not drink at lunch at all. I don't know what he's like if I get him drunk, but okay. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. So, um, okay, so the let's talk a little bit about the product, what Linky is, because I think in, in order to understand your role and how it's evolved, I think we need to know what it is. So what is Linky? Give us the elevator pitch or the, the red leather couch pitch. Linky is uh, the Linky Home Intelligence Hub is the world's first smart home hub. It's with a touchscreen and Google Assistant built right into the device. So we are using the Google Assistant SDK, which allows third parties to integrate the Google Assistant, which you're normally used to with Google Home and you know Google um, OK search engine on your phone or your app or whatever, so we don't set off your devices. Uh, and it's right on our device, so you can talk to, you can do more than just smart home commands. Turn on the lights, you know, change the scene to a movie time. You can still ask it all the generic questions: what's the weather like, and all those things. It's built right into the device. There's a version that'll sit on your desk. It's USB-C, so you can just plug it into whatever outlet is free. And there's a version that's for the wall. It'll replace a light switch, and it has a special um, a gesture on the screen so that you can still control what was connected to that light switch. A ceiling fan or something like that and you can have multiple linkies uh, linky uh, in hubs in your home and they will sync with each other automatically so that if you're in another room and you're thinking like oh did i leave the kitchen lights on or something like that and that indicator will be on that other hub um, and you can you know the the for those in the smart home world this is the standard type of uh, automation we're used to you can add your devices whether they're zigbee bluetooth or wi-fi smart home devices from lights and locks and so forth we're we're finalizing the final product list of what will be compatible at when it officially launches later this year um but it'll be compatible with the major things and uh you add let me, let me jump in for a middle, uh, minute here because I get, I get confused when I hear the word hub. The only the only hub that I – well, actually, I have two hubs in my home. One is the Hue Lights hub, and it's a circle. Mm-hmm. It's got a button on top. Mm-hmm. When you add a new device, it says push the button. I think they want to make sure you're actually in the house with the, with the button is all that's for. And 
it's connected to Ethernet in my house, but other than that, and then I, I think it talks Wi-Fi. I don't know, probably. Um, and I don't know what its purpose is other than that. So what you're talking about when you say hub doesn't look anything like this. Well, I've, I've had the benefit of a picture of it, but this is audio, so we'll get to that. Um, and the other thing I know is that my Apple TV is a hub, but I don't ever look at it either. I look at the apps on my phone. So this device, when you say it's a hub... It's doing those things I'm talking about, like the Apple TV does for me with HomeKit, but it's also a visual display, correct? That is correct. We have a custom-designed user interface. It's designed to be beautiful and uh, completely approachable for the novice or the newbie. Like, we have some contracts with some uh, high-end developers in China to where these can be put into condos and high-end apartments. So it's designed that from the get-go, it's easy to use and it's simple. It controls all of your smart things, no relation to the product owned by Samsung, um, but all of your smart devices connect wirelessly to the Linky hub. And whether you want to control with, because I, I like to think of one of the challenges with home automation is I have all these things, how do I control them and what is the best way to do it? I like to say uh, the trifecta of control, and that is, you know, we're used to our apps with touch screens, and then you have physical controls like buttons, and you have voice commands as well. So Linky gives you the best of all of those worlds. Um, And uh, if this isn't published until tomorrow, which probably it won't be published until tomorrow, um, we're also introducing some new accessories, which will let you also control things with physical buttons uh, on the Linky Hub. So whether it's on the touchscreen, by voice through the Google Assistant, an app on your phone, a companion app. So uh, for those in the smart home world and you're used to Things like, you know, when I leave home, my phone, you know, knows that I'm kind of leaving the the geofencing area and it can have something happen like the lights turn off automatically and it'll raise or lower the thermostat. Linky can do that for you as well. Your phone will act as that. Um, help, uh, that kind of assistant to the technology. Oh, okay, because it's where your phone goes that's going to control things. Not it, it, We don't put a sensor on Joe? <laughs> no, I guess you could if you wanted to track me. But uh, but yes, the, where your phone goes will, will help to uh, to let Linky know if you're home or not. Okay, okay, that's pretty interesting. So um, the part of the sands that, that uh, Linky and Joe will be in is called Eureka Park, and it's for... Um, uh, not complete products yet. It's, it, a lot of stuff at, at CES is vaporware, but usually it's an established company with established products. But l- the nice thing about um, Eureka Park is it allows these companies that aren't established yet to get into the biggest trade show in the world, which is really cool. But I've been to Eureka Park before, and it usually is like a cardboard uh, box, maybe maybe a shoe box stapled to the wall that somebody's written in magic marker. This is what the UI would look at would look like. What Joe showed us, unless it's completely fake behind that, and I doubt Joe would have shown me that, it looks like a completely slicked out uh, industrial design product. He said that the interface was really pretty, and it is. It's very, it looks very intuitive to me. It's like, my lights, my fan, you know, you press these buttons. And the industrial design of the box itself. And you said said it plugs into an existing light switch uh, or outlet. Did you say out letters? Uh, a light switch, single, okay. a single gang. You know, if you have a single switch, you know, uh, on a, on a wall, 
up yeah. down kind of a light switch, right? <laughs> and uh, or in uh, for Australia for Rose, it's down up. By the way, it's upside down and the other way around. Uh, it actually is. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a land down under, I guess. That's, they're light to it. Down is, down is on, up is off. Uh, but anyway, uh, but, it, but it's a, a rather large box. So how, how big is that? It's, a, it's, a, it's actually, it looks bigger in, in the photo. It's a 5-inch it's a uh, HD touchscreen, so it's just about the right size without being too big like another product that could be out there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some that look the size of my, my 1990s home intercom system, and it's a little bit better than that. It's a lot smaller than that, but it's very, very pretty. So I was kind of surprised to see something as slick going into Eureka Park, especially when you hear the words Indiegogo right away. You're like, ah, this is fake. They're not even going to start doing any real work yet. But you guys are really far along the way in this. Well, I really appreciate that. And the, the team, when I had joined them, they had already been working on this for nearly two years. And the company has its own hardware resources. It has its own software engineers. So the software is, uh, it's a, you know, it's based, on, it's based on Linux. It has a lot of our own secret sauce, which I can't go into because, you know, the attorneys don't let me say anything. And I'll refer you to our press team. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it has a, um, a hardware. It's got a quart, uh, quad-core uh, Cortex-A7 uh, on board to handle all the, the processing and so forth. And it, it's a nice device, so I really appreciate the fact. And we, we really like showing it off because it is a near-finished device at this point. They're really, from, from what would the shipping version be, there really will not be that many changes. And if there are any changes, I can't comment on them. So you can talk to the press agents. <laughs> so um, for those who don't know a lot about home automation, there has yet to be a settling out of a, one protocol for all these kinds of devices to, to, to work with. So you've got uh, Hue light bulbs. You've got uh, the Omni camera from, from D-Link. You've got August smart locks. You've got... You know, every different company in the world is coming up with all these different pieces. Um, can can you narrow down for us what kind of devices would work or what family or category of devices? I think you said earlier a little bit, but maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, re- I'm working on the elevator pitch here. Uh, so uh, on board, it'll talk to a Zigbee. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi devices. Now that encompasses quite a bit of the smart home world, including, like you said, locks and lights and sensors and switches, all the usual participants. Zigbee is a dedicated home automation protocol. Nothing like, uh, I sort of feel, even though the the companies would say otherwise, that Bluetooth and Wi-Fi have been shoehorned into working with home automation. Because the thing is, with home automation, you're used for home automation to work really well it has to be instant it has to be the same experience that when you flip on a switch a light should come on and you see that with you have hue lights that's not how siri does it siri sits there saying yeah i don't know i'll tap you i'll tap you when i'm ready oh man seriously siri really i'll tap you when i feel like it She's she's trying to have coffee. She's doing her you know rounds. She's checking the mail for you. You know, and you heard me say Siri is a cat and and uh, Alexa is a is a dog. Alexa's like, can I help you? Ha ha. Can I do some ha? What can I do? And Siri's like, I'll tap you when I'm ready. I'm I'm licking my foot over here. I don't know. But anyway, I digress quite a bit there. But so it should be home automation should be as fast as flicking a switch with your hand. Exactly, and that's one of the things uh, Zigbee specifically is definitely known for. It was built. This was Zigbee uh, Zigbee and uh, another protocol that. 
we, we don't support and, and may support in the future, Z-Wave, were both built in the early, the middle, early to middle 2000s. That's how long ago. But they've been continuously updated. They're designed for home automation. They're mesh networking, which means more devices that you add creates a stronger network and the devices kind of relay their commands back. And- oh, I did not know that. Yes. So the devices, Zigbee and Z-Wave devices in general, because there are some uh, different specifications to those protocols, they will relay those messages back and forth to make sure that all the devices like understood them and, and got them. Uh, Insteon is another example of a home automation technology, again from that era, that makes sure that a command actually not only was transmitted to the device um, that was it was supposed to go to, but the device actually carried out the action. And if the action isn't confirmed the the message will be retransmitted to make sure the device actually do it so that's built in that have some fault tolerance built in exactly bluetooth and wi-fi were built as data communications technologies general data communications i mean bluetooth we remember from just having our little earbuds and so forth from many years ago wi-fi is how we connect all of our many of our things these days so Home automation has been added to those, with especially with Bluetooth 5, which has a lot of enhancements for speed and data range. Wi-Fi is, is generally pretty darn good, assuming you're not, you know, streaming like 800 copies of something on Netflix. You know, your lights should go on relatively quickly. <laughs> I mean, HomeKit has done a really good job with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi to make those commands happen. If you don't use Siri, <laughs> if you're using the Home app or the HomeKit apps, they usually actually fire off pretty darn quickly. So kudos to Apple for that. Yeah, I have to do it. I do have to admit that. But um, so when you say you uh, the the Linky Home Hub Home, what is it called? Linky. The Linky Home Intelligence Hub. The Linky Home Intelligence Hub. Uh, when you say it uses, it can do Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. That that doesn't mean that because any device that has Wi-Fi would work. Correct. It, it does have to be uh, basically certified by us, although we are going to have an, uh, an open developer platform uh, to where other people can use our plugin architecture to actually write plugins to, to bring there to say, oh, we've got this really cool thing, or, or maybe hobbyists might want to say, I've got this strange thing I'm testing with an Arduino or something like that. Can I write uh, something to your hub to make it work so I can pair it? We're going to have that. But right now, we're doing the development to make sure that all, all the usual things that you would think of, LifeX and Philips Hue and uh, some products and it depends on how we have to work with the manufacturer like August. You can't pair August, uh, an August smart lock, which is Bluetooth, directly with a thing. You have to go through their cloud service. They do that for security. There's a layer of security with most smart locks. Um, and the August is specific to that. But there are some other smart locks that are Zigbee-based that can pair right to the device. And we're going to have... Um, we're going to have uh, communications with things like, um, like we talked about <laughs> at lunch, uh, uh, cameras and uh, video doorbells and so forth. So you could, you know, you could press a button on your screen and see if anyone's at the door or check your cameras around the home. Uh, we'll have that functionality as well at some point. I can't promise a date, but that is being worked on. All right. Well, it sounds like you've gone down a pretty strong road with this. It sounds like your background was really custom made to be of benefit to this company. So now you're a project manager and the, what was the other one? Marketing manager. And the marketing manager. Through my very uh, truncated business card title, PM. (laughs) Which is uh, PR and project and marketing. Those are the two things you're doing. So uh, what does this mean for Smarter Home Life? Uh, well, and I, I, that's a good way to circle back to it because um, I wanted to touch on um, a few things with Smarter Home Life and also with, uh, like you said, the ethics and kind of my morality with all of this. Uh, I mentioned this uh, to my, my viewers and, and backers. Um, I had a, 
I'll just say it. I had a nervous breakdown around Thanksgiving. Uh, what happened was there was a lot of things going on. It was nearing the end of our um, Indiegogo campaign. I had just returned from a extended trip to San Francisco, which initially was just a vacation, but was also a, a business trip to meet one of my colleagues so we could go meet with uh, uh, the Google team. And I came back and I was racing, guess, you know, uh, in, in this world of YouTube and online and tech gadgets, you want to have that holiday guide you know what should I buy and so forth and I thought I'm going to make a great thing and I, I got back just a few days before Thanksgiving and I started stressing out and, and long story short is I was working like crazy on Thanksgiving night and I said what are you doing you you have to you have to make an adjustment so I actually didn't publish a holiday gift guide and I felt bad and I had to take some time off I was I was trying to do too many things at once so with Smarter Home Life now as I've advised the fans it's kind of taking a little bit of a break and I'm starting to resume a little bit of content now it's in the new year I've also advised many of the companies I've worked with I guess we uh, Smarter Home Life like many other um, uh, product channels does tend to get um, some review products from companies but now that I'm actually working for the competition it doesn't make sense that I, I mean, if, if a company is directly in potential competition with Linky it doesn't make sense for me Smarter Home Life to get like free things to review and potentially inside information so I've, I've let them know this is what I'm doing that if they'd still like to work with me and, and work out some kind of other deal or something that's great but I'm being 100% open and honest about it in fact I was actually um, invited back this year uh, by a company called Zmodo who make some smart home products, mostly in the cameras and wireless doorbell, video doorbells and such here at CES. They had me on their home automation discussion panel last year. They invited me back. I let them know what I'm doing and they had to check it with their kind of compliance officer. Uh, But they said, you know, it's cool and I'll be on their discussion panel on Wednesday. That's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you've kept the moral ground, and I'm glad you've uh, managed to to bring some balance to your life. I think a lot of people run into that where you, you want to do everything, and you've got to sit back and make choices. And uh, making the choice that actually puts food on the table might have some merit as well, right? It's 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 nice to pay the bills, and and maybe a little bit. Maybe I can actually pay the bills and go out for dessert. Uh, so you're with, talking crazy talk now. It's crazy talk. But with Smarter Home Life, I'm going to continue. I'm probably going to produce just a couple of videos more on the how to more on really good information still take questions and I'm doing some extra things for Patreon I'm going to do some extra things for our patrons uh, dedicated uh, kind of like uh, ask me anything tech related you know for them as well so will you still be maintaining that awesome page of all the available products or has that gotten out of control now um, well luckily there haven't been that many announcements of, uh, of HomeKit products since about I think the last update it was sometime in November so okay. I will so be not peri- too bad to keep it up yet yeah I will be periodically looking at that to make sure it st- does stay relevant I guess as a HomeKit user, I'm hoping it gets out of control. If it doesn't, that's not the best sign, right? Well, maybe there'll be a lot of announcements tomorrow. Who knows? You never know. We always uh, see, yes. And I don't know about you, like their whole concept now with this whoa kind of thing is they've got this big, like either it's an eyeball or a mouth or something. I think it's a little bit from a marketing guy. I think it's a little bit silly, but this is the conference where we're supposed to see really amazing products. Although I think for some you know, uh, as they say on, on some shows and we say, you know, even about technology in general, there are years where we see a lot of really awesome things. And there's another year that we might go that we might see some. Uh, that's OK. That's kind of cool. It's supposed to be. Whoa. Whoa. Every single year. I think that's hard to do. Right. It's kind of a Isn't it a TikTok pattern? Like one year is kind of like amazing. And the next year is like eh, eh, it's amazing. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, it's still a lot of fun. I get a big kick out of this show. I really, really enjoy it. I don't do it as, as hard as most people. And uh, I definitely wish you a lot of luck in your in your booth, uh, your booth days coming up. And uh, I'll definitely be stopping by. I'll do a separate interview for that. We'll put that on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, but we wanted to get a chance to talk to you before you hit the uh, hit the ground running again tomorrow. Should be fun. But uh, really appreciate you sharing the inside information of what it was like to go from a, a YouTuber to a full-time job working for a home automation company. This has been really cool to, to follow the story, Joe. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Sheridan. Uh, Sheridan? Now that I might add, uh, that's a, that actually happens more often than you would think. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much, Allison. Uh, and at least I have my voice now. I'm sure my voice will be gone by the end of the week talking to so many people. And uh, it's it's great to see you. For for more than the, the, the quick story last year, we, we randomly sort of met at the Elgato booth in the smart home area. But it was 30 seconds, and then we've been friends across the miles ever since. We've been Amazon Alexa Echo Dot friends. Yeah, so it's so <laughs> great to do this and and to to see you in person for more than 30 seconds. All right. Appreciate having you on the show. Thanks, Joe. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal. Or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at PodFeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed. 